Welcome back to Sleep for Performance Radio Audio Abstract number five. I thought I'd play the guitar there just to do a different intro today. I'm glad this is an audio because sometimes you can tell when people are lying by their eyes. Not that I ever lie, but there you go. No, that wasn't me playing the guitar. I'm completely telling a lot of lies there. Okay, so today what we're going to look at is we're going to look at sleep in a live-in mining operation, the influence of start times and restricted non-work activities. So we're taking a kind of an occupational paper today and an area that I have a tremendous amount of interest in, which is the mining industry and um, health and safety within that mining industry. So it's important to know that when we look at the mining industry and oil and gas, even or these extractive type high risk industries, there is very little done on the area of fatigue risk management. You know, there'd probably be more, if there's more than 20 papers out there, I'd be surprised, you know. So um, um, all the papers in this area really add a tremendous amount of value, um, regardless of the type of studies that they are. So this study was done by Sally Ferguson, Angela Baker, Nicole Lamond, David Kennaway and Drew Dawson, um, who were at the time at the Centre for Sleep Research at the University of South Australia. So this paper really focuses on the differences in shift work um, with, with the uh, participants of this study. So we know from a background that sleep and the circadian system is really important to shift work. And we've seen a number of studies, not in mining, but a lot in nursing, for example, or other shift work environments where we see that the less sleep you have the more you're at risk in the short term and even in the long term you have got more long-term health consequences as a result of it so some of the initial studies or some of the interesting studies to note are looking at um the increase in fatigue related risk which is generally um reported by uh, greg blenke and hans van donken at if you have less than six hours of time in bed per night, then you're going to really have this decline in performance and particularly around reaction time and cognitive performance or decision making. And uh, maybe this, this six hours might be the bare minimum that we need just to get through, you know, an actual an actual shift. We also know with shift workers that it's not just the shift work, it's the balance between um, social commitments, leisure activities, family responsibilities, People may be studying, they may even have a second job in some cases, and so all these different factors um, really affect the amount of sleep that shift workers get. Now, in this case here, um, of this study, this was done on what's called a fly-in, fly-out camp. Now, for those people not familiar with fly-in, fly-out, fly-in, fly-out is a term that's used for a kind of a living camp or a remote mining operation. So this happens a lot here in Australia, particularly in Western Australia, Northern Territory and Queensland, where workers will be recruited from a city or a town. They will fly from, let's say, somewhere like Perth in Western Australia to a remote part of Western Australia, and they will spend a period of time at that camp or in that camp, working for maybe two, three, four, five weeks, and then come home and have some time off. So this is pretty common in mining and oil and gas. You may see this happening in Canada as well. Now, some some previous studies kind of say, or even some people in the from non-mining backgrounds would say, well, if they're away at these camps, surely this is conducive to getting more sleep. And you know, they're working for 12 hours, so therefore they've got 12 hours left to sleep, and it should be really easy for them. And that's uh, all well and good in saying that, but um, can be a little bit more difficult than that. So in this particular study here, 
people were recruited through a number of kind of information sessions at the start of shifts and so on. So 47 individuals working in mining operations volunteer for the study. Uh, from that group, then 42 were, were selected to participate in the data collection. And then the final data set consisted of uh, 29 volunteers, which then consists of 26 males. So some people may have dropped out during that or may not have been selected due to sleep disorders or other issues. So but 29 uh, volunteers is quite sizable for this, um, for this group. Some background or physical characteristics or demographic data on this, this group. Um, the average age was 37 and a half. The BMI, the body mass index, was 27.7. And participants had worked an average of 13 years nearly in shift work. So definitely an older group compared to our athletic populations and other audio abstracts. BMI was in the overweight bracket, but people had a fair amount of shift work. So 13 years shift work is quite um, a decent amount of experience in shift work. So all the participants worked on a 14-day kind of cycle. So what happens here is they would generally do... Uh, seven days on, so seven day shifts, so they'd fly in, do seven day shifts. Then they would do seven night shifts, so they have this kind of day off in the middle or this change over day, it's called. And then they would have, have either seven days off or 14 days off, depending on their, their cycle. So some people might be on a 21-day cycle or a 28-day cycle. And obviously, the more time off you have, the less money you get paid. And if you're doing quicker rotations such as the seven days, seven nights, seven off, and repeat, the more money you're going to make. So this may be just a preferential thing that companies may offer. Now, there's a whole host of different permutations that is offered from mining companies, and this by no means is the only one that's available out there, so there's a whole heap of different ones out there. In general, most of these day shifts started between 0500 in the morning and 0600, or 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., and the night shift started between 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. or 1700 hours to 1800 hours but in general the shift's duration was about 12.2 hours so you know somewhere around 12 hours 15 minutes and that extra few minutes is to allow to facilitate a changeover handover because it's a 24 7 continuous operation so the participants were giving uh, an active watch philips respironic brand and they also had a diary as well and they also reported subjective fatigue as well over the entire cycle. So they were collecting data over their, days, their day shifts, the night shifts, and on their time off. So what they defined here by doing a mixed model ANOVA? Well, they found that time in bed was at its highest on days off, as we probably no surprise, 8.6 hours. On day shift, it was seven hours, and on night shift, it was 6.7 hours. So that's just time in bed. So how much that time was getting used for sleep? Well, on day shift, it was just over seven hours, 7.3. Day shift was 6.1, and night shift, 5.7 uh, hours. So quite quite low amount of sleep duration there, particularly on the night shift, um, which is which is which uh, can be quite worrying. So what does this mean in the context of mining? Well... We see here that, you know, first of all, we can deduce that these camp environments or FIFO environments do not help help people to sleep more. So by virtue of just being on these camps, you do not increase sleep duration. It is not more than what's happening than um, when you're at home or on your days off. 
Um, and some of the reasons may be behind that is, well, if we look at the start time, particularly for us working day shift, they're quite early. And so, you know, most of those people get up between five, uh, sorry, day shifts are between five and six. So a lot of those workers had to be on the bus to travel to the site, albeit a short commute at 4.45. And so some of them were rising as early as 3.45. So we know as well from other podcasts and other uh, audio abstracts that early early morning awakenings will not only curtail this sleep duration, um, but, you know, kind of hamper performance throughout the day as well. So it's pretty reasonable to say that these early morning start times here are affecting the sleep duration um, with these workers. And so one might say then, well, just go to bed earlier the night before. Well, due to the sort of the design of the forbidden zone in the evening, um, that can go up as far as nine o'clock or even half nine with some individuals, this is the hardest time to sleep. It's basically, as the authors say here, it's futile trying to get to bed before nine o'clock to sleep and can be extremely frustrating and may just lead to more anxiety for those people. So, you know, it's kind of unreasonable to assume that people will just adjust and go to bed earlier the night before because not all people can do that. Now, when we look at the data from night shift, the low amount of sleep being 5.7 hours, we see this compares to other studies such as in the automobile industry with night shift workers who were living at home in a com- community-based operation, so they weren't in a remote fly-in, fly-out camp. They were getting anywhere from five and a half to six and a half hours sleep. Um, and so, you know, it's it's very difficult to achieve more of this sleep during the day because this kind of circadian drive during the day or um, what's governed by temperature, daylight and so on is very difficult to uh, increase sleep during the day and even for those people who do spend a lot of time in bed during the day after working night shift do report more awakenings and more awake after sleep onset so it's not just as simple as you know you can sleep the same during the day as you can at night time now I did mention at the start as well the introduction that less than six hours sleep can affect performance although that wasn't one of the outcomes of this study um we do see a non-shift working population that after three or four nights of less than six hours sleep, that impairment um, to performance is evident. And that was by those studies by Greg Belenke and Hans van Dongen. So like I said, I didn't look at those in this in this um, study, but it is likely that sleep that being accrued across seven day shifts or seven night shifts is likely to result in increased fatigue related risk. And also it'd be interesting to look at the performance data in terms of and as a management perspective um, from productivity to see actually what's happening with those vehicles or um, that equipment to see if there is a negative effect on performance. So it may not always um, be evident in terms of productivity data by numbers, but it may lie in some of the maintenance data, the delays, um, and the downtime in the data as well. Now also as well in this study, it's interesting to note that there was a, the shift workers in the study had been going for about 13 years in shift work. And so they may be sort of uh, a survivor population, as the authors say here, who kind of remain in the workforce um, and are able to cope with those low amount of hours of sleep or this kind of cycle of, you know, six hours on days, under five and a half hours on nights, and then kind of regroup and regain that sleep under time off. Um, you know, but in saying that, as the authors quite rightly point out here, um, 
you know, they're not low sleepers because if they were low sleepers, then they wouldn't be going back up to seven and a half hours on their day off. So it would seem that they kind of got used to coping with this um, high sleep on days off, a little bit lower on days and, you know, kind of bottoming out on night shift. And the fact that the days off after night shift are there, um, this is probably what's helping the the workers sort of get their, get their sleep back up and prepare <clears throat> for their next cycle. So quite an interesting study here, um, just looking at the sleep habits of people working in these remote mining camps. This may cross over and be relevant to those working in oil and gas, offshore platforms, or even military personnel as well. Um, if you are going into one of these, these industries, having a strategy around focusing on sleep is quite important. Or if you're a health and safety practitioner working in the mine and oil and gas area, um, a focus on fatigue risk management uh, may be apt and looking at the the start times is an important factor in the organizational design um, of a decrease in fatigue-related risk. Okay, so that paper was Sleep in a Living Mining Operation, the Influence of Start Times and Restricted Non-Work Activities. We shall put the, sh- the link in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed that one. Until next week, sleep well. <laughs>